Hey guys, it's Brianna, and you are listening to Oh Brother, your favorite Big Brother podcast. And it has been a long time since I recorded last. I believe last time we spoke was right after the um, two-night premiere of Big Brother season 21. So we've got a lot to cover. Um, It was a holiday week, so I didn't have an episode up when I would have liked. I would have liked to have had an episode up um, after the first live eviction. However, it's been four episodes since um, I last recorded instead of three. So I've got a lot to cover. Um, The holiday week is also why I don't have a guest here with me today, so it'll be just me. But we have a ton to get through, so I'm going to jump right into episode three where we left off previously. So at this point, Christy is um, still HOH, and the episode opens with Ovi sort of trying to suck up to her a bit, but it leads to sort of an awkward moment because she had just gotten out of the shower, she was trying to change, and she was kind of trying to send him little social cues like, hey, please leave the room, like I'm trying to get changed, and he just kept talking to her and sort of just kissing her ass and telling her how much he liked her as a player and how much he trusted her and all this stuff and clearly he wasn't getting the hint that it wasn't the time or the place for that um eventually I think he figured it out and he decided to leave the room so I feel like that's sort of when Christy kind of starts to get annoyed with him um he didn't do anything wrong he just wasn't realizing the fact that she was waiting to change and he was kind of in the way um but eventually he got it got the hint so then Kat and Annalise are talking about Christy and because Kat was for one of the first two to drop from the first competition, she's nervous that she might go up. However, the other person that dropped was Jack. So if Christy was going to put up the first two who dropped and use that as her reasoning, she would have had to put up Jack and Kat. So Kat expresses to Annalise that she's a little bit nervous that she might go up. Uh, then Kemi is talking to the girls and she says that she doesn't really like Jack and she refers to him as a marble, which I thought was hilarious. I don't trust Jack at all. I think Jack is like a marble. <laughs> like he's like shiny, he's like pretty to look at, but like I just look at Jack as like a dumbass. Um basically she just said he's like shiny and pretty to look at, but not the brightest ever. I thought that was really funny, so from now on, when I insult somebody, I'm going to refer to them as a marble. The girls also don't really like Mickey, um, and Kat expresses that she thinks Mickey wants her, and the girls think that she's reading too far into it. However, I heard from some leaks and on the feeds that it seemed like there might have been some sort of showman's budding. Uh, we, will get later, we will get into it a little later um, in this episode when we talk about the future Big Brother episodes. So Isabella, the number one snitch in the house, was in the room and she goes to tell the guys about exactly what she overheard. And this is how Christy decides that she's going to put Kat up on the block. And Nick suggests using Cliff as a pawn. Christy sort of seems like at this point she's just kind of going with what the house wants um, because she says she wants no blood on her hands. A literal quote that comes out of Christy's mouth is the universe delivers things when I need it to. Like always, the universe delivers things when I need it to. Which is 100% bullshit. This shows how easily influenced she is by other people and she just pins it on the universe giving her signs. Last time I checked, Bella is not the universe. Um, She's the one who brought up Kat's name, not the universe. So I'm already sick of Christy thinking that this game is all fate and the universe and signs and all this crap. I'm over it. Don't want to hear it again. 
Then Nick decides that he thinks that they should grow their six-person alliance and that they want to recruit Tommy. Jack agrees and decides to go to Tommy to bring him in. Of course, Tommy's not going to say no to Jack because he has a huge crush on him. So Tommy is brought into the fold. Then Nick also decides he wants to add Annalise to the the, um, six-person alliance. So now they have four girls and four guys. And they start brainstorming names. Uh, Jack says the Ocho because it's an eight-person alliance. And then someone... I think Jack suggests hateful eight, but of course Christy and her positivity and universe shit doesn't want to use the word hate. So somebody suggests, what about grateful eight? And they just settle on the word grateful with the number eight in the spelling, which hate to break it to you, but Avril Lavigne did it first with Skater Boy, so you guys are not unique whatsoever. And at this point is when I started to feel like the alliance is bound to break up because when you have a strong four or six person alliance and then you start bringing more and more people into the fold, that's when it begins to crumble because people start to talk. Somebody out of those eight people is bound to have a big mouth. So then Christy decides that she needs to go to Cliff, um, let him know that he's the pawn this week. Um, so when she talks to him, she starts to cry. This girl cries every 12 seconds I get it it's an emotional time in the house but she cries way too much and it really bothers me um nobody wants to hear you sob story especially because she's the one putting him up on the block if anybody should be crying it should be Cliff not Christy it seems like she's almost using it as a way to get sympathy out of him so that he feels bad for her even though she's the one doing the dirty work so of course he agrees to her face to go on the block because you're not going to say no to the HOH Cliff knows what he's doing in that respect, and he says he'll go on the block if that's what she wants to do. Then, Kat and Christy have a conversation, and Christy tells her that Cliff is going up and that she's the pawn, although Kat clearly isn't a pawn. Um, She says the reason why she's putting her up is because she was one of the first to fall, which doesn't make any sense because if... So, originally, she said she wanted to put up one guy and one girl, and she said that Her reasoning to Kat was because Kat was one of the first two people to fall. Well, if she wanted to put up a guy and a girl and her reasoning was the first people to fall, she should have put up Kat and Jack. However, Jack is clearly in her alliance, so she had to come up with someone else, and Cliff, being the old guy in the house, was the easy target. So that was kind of not a good decision on Christy's part because that puts a target on her back in the sense that people know she's likely working with Jack, and now Kat knows that something is up. So Christy, like, keeps keeps assuring her oh my god don't be paranoid act like it's not a big deal so just don't give anyone Uh, a reason to change that i know don't give anyone a reason to be like oh my god she's a ticking time bomb like she's so paranoid you know what i mean Mm because at the end of the day the older guy's gonna go which the more you tell somebody to relax and not stir up trouble that's gonna make them believe more that they're the target because you're trying to sort of silence them until Oh, surprise, you're actually going home. And Kat clearly is very upset in the diary room about being put up, but she manages to keep calm when she's talking to Christy. So then we have this scene where I believe it's Nick, Tommy, and Jack all in one of the bedrooms together in the same bed. And then across from them is Cliff and Ovi in two separate beds, and they assumed that both Ovi and Cliff were sleeping which you never do that in the Big Brother house. You always check the room and you always keep your voices down because Nick literally lists off the order in which he wants people to be eliminated from the house. He lists Kat, Kemi, Jess, Nicole, 
Cliff, Ovi, and Sam in that order as people he wants to leave, which was extremely dumb because Ovi heard them talking about it and he also heard Nick mention the number eight. So now Ovi is thinking, okay, there must be an eight-person alliance or an attempt at forming an eight-person alliance. Ovi, however, does the complete wrong thing with this information. He goes straight to Annalise, who is a part of this eight-person alliance, and tells her exactly what he heard. If he were smart, he would have been more general about it and just said, oh, I've, I have a feeling that something's going on. I have a feeling, blah, 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 just to sort of feel her out rather than completely blurt it and say, I heard something about an eight-person alliance because you don't know whether or not she is in that eight-person alliance. We know that she is. So Ovi should have been a little more careful with his words because now that puts a target on his back because, of course, Annalise is going to go straight to tell the HOH and the other people in her alliance, which is exactly what she did. At this point, Christy, Jack, and Jackson start to get annoyed that Nick is talking. However, Jack was there um, in the bed with them and didn't say anything in that moment to Nick, so I thought that was a little bit interesting. He kind of just let Nick take the fall for that. Then we find out about this Wactivity competition. Um, over the next three weeks, there will be three Wactivities, of which two we've already seen, the Nightmare Wactivity, the Chaos Wactivity, and the Panic Wactivity, in that order. Five people will play each week, and the winner gets a secret power. So, Random Draw determined the order. So, in the first Wactivity, it was Cat, Bella, Nicole, Cliff, and Ovi competing. This competition was disgusting, and I really like that Big Brother is sort of starting to get a little more creative with their competitions and almost putting like a survivor-like spin on these. So essentially, the nightmare activity was really nasty smells. Um, so essentially, the house guests had to go around and smell all of these nasty things like urine from various different animals, different types of rotting foods, all of this nasty stuff. Then they had to go back into their little room and match up which three that they had. First person to correctly identify the nasty smells would win. So originally, I thought that Nicole was smart because she decided to smell one at a time. Obviously, that didn't really work out for her because she did not win, but that's probably the approach I would have taken. Um, I also thought it was really funny that Cliff, he kind of like got startled by a skunk, but then he started talking about how he had a pet skunk as a kid named Oreo. That is the most Cliff thing I have ever heard. This guy legitimately had a pet skunk as a child. I do think that skunks are cute, but like maybe, I don't know how you would do that. He must have had like the stink sack removed from it or something like that because they're pretty nasty. So the first round, nobody gets any correct. And at this point, I'm starting to feel bad for them because they've been smelling these nasty things this entire time. No one gets it right, so they all have to continue. And this is when I started to like Kat. Like, I felt like she was really funny in this competition. I didn't feel like any of her diary room entries were scripted. Um, she has, like, the little moment during this competition where she said she feels high on nasty, stinky smells. I feel like I'm, like, high off of manure. And, like, I don't know, bobcat pee. I honestly feel high. Like, I feel like... It was the mix of like just everything. It was like a medley of just like. Okay, you know, on the Kardashians, 
why they're talking like this like the whole time that's how i feel they did like a really funny edit on her i don't know i just I, in the past i had felt like cat was kind of fake and she didn't seem like she was there for the right reasons but now i'm feeling like she's one of the more real people in the house and like is actually really hilarious so of course round two nobody gets any correct again i felt super bad for them but that's the name of the game in big brother finally after round three ov wins the power so the power that he basically wins is the opportunity to turn the hoh reign upside down um for the first six nominations he can force the hoh to switch the nominations and make the others safe for the week so essentially in the middle of the night after the nominations have been made he can go and activate the power and i believe it's anonymous so no one will know that he's the one who did it then those two people who were nominated will be removed from the block and the hoh will require will be required to nominate two other people immediately and the two that were already nominated are safe for the week this is a really 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 crazy power and also probably a really hard one to hide because if i were Ovi in this moment i would be thinking okay i love this power however I need to really save it for one because it's super powerful and two even consider if it should be used on a time when he's up on the block because if he's on the block and he uses his power there's a high chance that people are going to know he was the one who had it so he needs to be really strategic in the way that he does use it if he gets that opportunity so then this is when Ovi makes another poor mistake for his game uh, he goes to the hoh room and wants to create an alliance and it's basically all of the people who are already in the grateful alliance and they keep throwing out the words great grateful all this stuff to kind of just make Ovi look dumb which I felt bad for him in that moment for um they kind of were trolling him and he didn't even know it so they create a fake alliance called the fab five with Ovi and he believes that he is all well and good with the HOH and that he's sitting pretty with his fab five alliance then Kemi and Christy have a conversation at this point, Kemi has decided she wants to go to the HOH just to see where her head's at and to see what's up for the week. Um, Kemi immediately throws Ovi's name out to Christy. I believe Jack was also in the room at the time. And Kemi basically said that she feels like Ovi's a liar and she doesn't think that he can be trusted. This is kind of a red flag for Christy and Jack because she immediately was willing to throw up somebody, basically throw somebody under the bus. Fortunately for Kemi in this moment, Christy did does decide to nominate cliff and cat like she originally planned during her speech she basically said it was not personal she wanted it to be fair by nominating one girl and one guy and that she decided to put up cat because she was the first one to fall again a very flawed um reason but that's the reason she gave and again she cries during the nomination ceremony so shocker there i'm going to jump right into episode four now because we've got a lot more to cover. This episode opens with Bella and Kemi sort of chatting and having girl time together and I really appreciated this moment at the time because I felt like we hadn't seen too much of them yet. Um, they hadn't got much, that much screen time and they seemed like they were actually forging a real friendship. They're kind of talking about showmances and how Bella isn't interested in any of the guys except for Nick, that they're not her type. Um, and then Kemi says, well, uh, unfortunately for me, my showman's went home week one, meaning she might have had a little crush on David. I can't believe my showman's went home day one. Um, luckily for her, 
it might not be over for her and David, but we'll get to that later. Speaking of showmances, uh, the Jackson and Kat showmance starts to bud a little bit more. And this leads Christy and the other ladies to have a discussion and decide that Kat should definitely stay on the block. So then it's time to pick players for the veto competition. And of course, the HOH and the two nominees always get chosen. And then Sam and Nicole get picked. And then Cliff gets house guest choice and chooses Jack for whatever reason. Um, Not the best choice on his part but that's the decision that he made. CBS made the weird choice to have Casey host this competition, Um, although I did see on Twitter that Josh was also asked to host it because there was a meatball segment in this competition and he wasn't available, so they took Casey instead. Um, This competition didn't really feel like it needed a host, but I was happy to see Casey back in the house. Basically, a new version of that slow-mo comp from last season with, I believe it was like Aliens last time. This time around, it was a cafeteria food fight theme, hence the meatballs, um, and they had to catch the stuff flying at them. Following the competition, they revealed the points each person got. Cliff, Kat, and Nicole all got zero points, so they didn't catch anything. Christy got 10 points, and then it was a close, close, close call between Jack and Sam. Jack got 20 points and Sam got 21. Sam shockingly ends up winning and I don't know if you guys saw Cliff and Kat's faces when Sam won the veto. They were floored. I have a feeling that Sam might be like the veto comp champ moving forward. He actually seems like he's really really good at competitions so I'm excited to see how he does in the future. I also feel like Sam is in a pretty good place in the house right now so hopefully he can use this um, competition strength to get him further in the game. This is when Christy starts to express an annoyance that Jack is trying to control her HOH. He's really pushing for Kemi to be backdoored but Bella and Nick really want Kemi to stay and then Christy starts to realize that she doesn't even really want Kemi to go. Kemi hasn't done anything to her. She doesn't have a reason to backdoor Kemi and it's just going to get more blood on her hands. So she starts to get really frustrated with the fact that Jack is so insistent on getting Kemi out and she even makes a mention that she wants to put Jack up and get him out because he's bothering her so much in this moment. She wants, she really wants to tell Sam not to use DeVito but Sam had already promised Cliff that he would take him off the block. Which I think was a good choice on Sam's part just because it gives him another ally in the house and somebody who has some loyalty to him. However, when she makes her speech to Sam, she basically outs her entire alliance to him and in, in an attempt to try to persuade him not to use DeVito. But again, he already had promised Cliff, so Christy is understanding that he does want to use DeVito. She also goes a little haywire and expresses her emotions towards Jack to Nicole. Um, again gives her way too much information about the alliance and her annoyance with Jack so it kind of starts to plant some seeds in Nicole and Sam's heads about okay there's definitely a bigger alliance floating around here and something is up Christy is not really happy with Jack in this moment so maybe there are some cracks in the alliance like I said big alliances like that never tend to work and so I could see them breaking up sooner than later unfortunately for Ovi He is the epitome of wrong place, wrong time in this moment that Christy is talking to Sam about what they should do with DeVito. Sam basically says he has no choice but to take Cliff off the block, so Christy and Sam are trying to brainstorm replacement nominees. Literally, as they're talking about this, 
Ovi knocks on the door. Talk about wrong place, wrong time. This legitimately plants the seed that Ovi will go up on the block as the replacement nominee. And inevitably, as we know, he does go home. So literally, just him knocking on the door caused him to be evicted from the Big Brother house. It's crazy what little things in this house happen that shake up the entire game. Had he just kind of kept to himself, maybe they would have picked someone else to put up. But this is what happens in the Big Brother house. People are paranoid. So as I said, Sam does use the veto on Cliff and Ovi goes up as a replacement nominee and clearly he is blindsided. He's super upset. Um, He thought he was in alliance with these people. They didn't even give him a heads up that he was going up on the block. So clearly he's very upset. Then we get to episode five, the first live eviction episode of the summer. And Julie drops a bomb before the episode even begins that the first evicted house guests will continue to live inside the house. And at this point, we didn't really know what that meant. But of course, I will get to that a little bit later. So Jack comes into the room and hugs Ovi while he's talking to Christy, which is super, super awkward. It seemed like Christy and Ovi were trying to have a chat and Jack just kind of butts in. He really should have just let the HOH handle it by him inserting himself into the conversation. It just makes it look more like Christy and him are a package. Jack does discuss with the rest of the house that he was kind of blindsided by what she chose to do, but that he respects her decision and that if that's what's good for her game, that's what she had to do. So then we have Ovi campaigning to stay. He talks about how he's won campaigns in the past, um, like some sort of class president or something like that. And so he thinks he has some really great campaigning skills. Obviously, as we know, they didn't work out in his advantage this time around, but he basically goes to everybody and everybody gives him the yes man speech like, okay, you're going to stay. Don't worry about it. On the other hand, Kat starts to go a little bit crazy and literally asks every single person in the house, are you bitches conspiring against me? And I thought this was hilarious. I'm sure the house guests got really annoyed with it, though, and it probably wasn't the best decision on Kat's part. But there was a whole montage of her walking into the room while other people were talking and saying, are you bitches conspiring against me? They must be conspiring against me. Over and over and over again, she kept saying it. Are you bitches conspiring against me? I am. Are people outside? Yeah, where is everyone? Conspiring against us. Your hair looks so good. The bitches are conspiring against me again. Are you bitches conspiring against me? Are you bitches conspiring against me? And I'm like, not about that. You bitches are conspiring against me, aren't you? (laughs) So I was in the Broadway show Newsies. Extra, extra, cats going nuts. I think that bitch is conspiring against me. Everyone is. (laughs) What do you mean? But are you conspiring against me? So it seemed like she was going a little crazy. However, I think she was just trying to be funny. The house guests seemed to get annoyed with it after a while and seemed to think that she was going a little bit crazy. So I don't know if that helped her or hurt her in the long run, but I found it very humorous. So thank you, Kat, for that. This is when Nick sort of breaks it to Ovi that he really does not have the numbers to stay um, and that he's been hearing sort of the opposite of what everybody else has been telling him. I appreciated Nick in this moment that he kind of gave Ovi the truth um, because nobody else had been. However, it probably was just a game move and that Nick was hoping maybe if Ovi did stay that he would be more on his side because he was honest with him. So this is when Ovi realizes he really needs to get his ass in gear and do something, anything to get himself to stay in this game. So he makes the decision to tell Jack and Jackson about his power. 
I still am not sure if this was the right move, but I guess in this moment you have to do anything you can to try to stay in the house. If I were in his position, I probably would have done the same thing. Would I have gone to Jack and Jackson? Maybe not. I think if he had gone to maybe a few of the girls, they might have actually taken him up on the offer. Jack really wants to evict him in this moment because he's like, well, we know he has this power, so we need to get him out. On the other hand, Jackson wants to keep him around because he thinks that maybe they could use this power in some way. So they kind of have a back and forth discussion about it, but of course they decide not to not to honor this um, sort of deal that they've made. I really thought it was cute that Ovi wore his traditional clothing at the eviction. He looked so cute in his little outfit and he was giving a little representation to his home country, so I thought that was really fun. Um, he also mentioned the cookies in his eviction speech, which, of course, if you are a live feeder, you know that there was some drama around the cookies and how he used all the eggs and all that shit. So I thought it was kind of funny that he brought up the cookies. You know what I bring into this game? It's loyalty. I will fight for those who keep me here today, and I can bake some incredible cookies. So I'm just asking y'all <laughs> to let me keep baking you some cookies. Kat also looked really good. She was wearing, like, a purple dress and... She also made a funny joke. Basically, she said, I can find out if you bitches were conspiring against me all along, which I thought was really funny. And I wonder if maybe she set that up. Like she purposefully said that so many times just so she could say it in her eviction speech. Also, right now I can find out if the bitches really were conspiring against me. (laughs) If she did, that's really clever. And I thought it was funny. The house guests laughed, so... And of course, it is a unanimous vote. Every single person votes to evict Ovi. I really did appreciate that Nicole, however, went to him beforehand and basically told him, look, I appreciate you as a friend. Um, We've made a connection and I just want to be honest with you and let you know that you are going to leave the house. Um, I thought that was really, really good of her. I know that usually... When people leave, a lot of times an hour or so beforehand, somebody will let them know just so they're not blindsided in that moment. Um, So I appreciated that out of Nicole and hopefully because we now know about this twist that that this will get some brownie points for Nicole in the future. He Julie lets him know that he's been evicted. He gets up and goes to leave. And then all of a sudden this music starts to play and we find out about camp comeback which I have to say is probably one of my favorite big brother twists thus far I'm saying that now I don't know how I'll feel after it's over depending on who the first four evicted are but essentially what camp comeback is is that the first four evicted house guests remain living in the house but they are not participating in the game they don't participate in any competitions any nomination ceremonies, any veto ceremonies. They have to remain in their camp comeback bedroom and listen to it. They can't even watch. However, they do participate in the social game. So they live amongst the rest of the house guests. They can make deals for if they get back in the house and they can basically try to win over the other house guests so that if they do get the chance to go back into the house, they can strong they can forge some strong bonds and hopefully be able to stay then we have the next hoh comp the second hoh competition of the summer and it is the fireworks memory competition i kind of wish that christy competed in this competition because in her interviews she did say that she has a photographic memory so i would have liked to see that in action obviously though she was outgoing hoh so she could not compete I have a feeling this competition would have been really hard for me because the first few questions I got right. However, when it started getting down to like the last few house guests, 
I could not follow whatsoever. I would have been straight up guessing. So it gets down to just Jack and Jessica left and Jack does win it. I was pulling for Jessica so hard though. I just feel like had she won, the game would be completely different in this moment and there's no telling what would have happened had she won that competition. But of course, Jack won it and I was endlessly upset about it. Still am and I can't wait for his HOH reign to be over. We need someone else in power. We need like a Nicole even give me Cliff at this point, just somebody else in power that's not Jack or Christy or Jackson. So now we get to episode six, and then this is real, this is when the house guests who were in charge of the evictions realize they have to do some damage control. Oh, I forgot to mention that also David is now back in the house as well because he was the first evicted house guest. So like Julie mentioned previously, David was only gone for a short time and now he is back in the Big Brother house. Um, So those two were the first to a part of Camp Comeback and there will be two more coming up soon. So Jack mentions that he needs to do some damage control. Christy, again with her stupid freaking universe shit, talks about how she manifested nobody going home. Do you know I manifested no one going home? Funny how she manifests all of these things, but doesn't say anything about it until after they happen. I think she's full of shit. Had she had any sort of inclination or thought that anything like this might have happened, I don't know, maybe she would have expressed it to somebody beforehand because she keeps saying, oh my god, I knew this was going to happen. Oh my god, I manifested this. Oh my god, I, the universe did this. If you had any sort of like spiritual connection with anything, you would have probably mentioned it before it happened and not just afterwards, Christy. Jackson gets a little bit more screen time this episode because he is very stressed that David is back in the house. But Kat approaches Jackson and says, look, if you want to get in front of this, you really need to have a chat with David, maybe even try to recruit him, get him sort of over to our side of the house. So Jackson pulls David into the storage room and basically lies to his face and tells him, oh my gosh, I knew you were a strong player. I wanted you to come back into this house. That's why I banished you when I was camp director. But David sees right through him. Um, thankfully. David seems like he's really good at reading people and I'm hoping at this moment out of Ovi and David, I'm kind of hoping David gets back in the house just because David I feel like is probably a better game player than Ovi is. Ovi made a lot of really rash decisions in the house and a lot of decisions that got him sent packing. However, David we didn't see much of and David didn't really do anything to get himself out of the house. Um, It was a super early decision on Jackson's part so I'd like to see a little bit more out of David. In this episode, we also learned that Ovi can still use his power that he has if he gets back in the house. Unfortunately, then he would only, I believe, have two more nomination ceremonies to use it for, or maybe three, because it's only it's only good for the first six, I believe. Um, but still, the fact that he gets to hold on to that power is really valuable, especially because he did tell a couple people in the house about it, so he can still use that as a bargaining chip. However, knowing that he has that power might make them want him not to come back in the house. Um, So I'm not sure if that will help him or hurt him in the end. But either way, he's lucky that he still has the power. This is when David sort of expresses that he wants to build a really strong support system inside the house before the battle back competition or whatever it is that gets them back in. Unfortunately, the first person he talks to is Kat, who clearly has no intuition and no idea what's going on in the house because he tells... David that there's no alliances and there's no sides 
And David basically is straight up like, listen, I haven't even been inside this house, and I know for a fact that there are alliances going on. I believe he even lists out the people who are in, like, the main alliance, and he was pretty accurate. So for Kat to not even think that there's any sides in the house, and for somebody who hasn't even been there to already see it is really telling. I, again, I really like David a lot. I could, I really want to see him do do well in this game, and I hope that he does get the opportunity to come back. I'm curious, though, if the way they get back into the house is a battle back competition or if it's some kind of vote, whether that be America's vote or the house guest vote, because I could see I could see CBS potentially doing a house guest vote just because these people did have that time inside the house um, to sort of sway people. So maybe the whole point of them staying inside the house is that the house guests are the ones who choose who gets back in. I think that could be interesting. So Nicole, again, has a little sit-down chat with Ovi and lets him know that Jack and the rest of the house essentially lied to him. And so this kind of solidifies the relationship that Nicole and Ovi have. And I think that if Ovi is the one to get back in the house, that'll be another number for Nicole's side and also another number against the larger alliance in the house, which will be good. Then we get the chaos activity, a.k.a. the snake competition. Competing in this competition are Jack, Holly, Tommy, Sam, and Jackson. And this competition was another survivor style. It seems like they might be doing something with senses or something like that because the first one was a sense of smell. The second one was with the snakes, I guess, sense of sight and sense of touch. So I'm curious to see what the third competition is. But I don't know if I could do this chaos activity comp. I would like to think that I could. And I think sitting here on my couch behind my TV watching it, I'm like, wow, that's so easy. I could do that super fast. However, I think if I was actually there in that moment surrounded by snakes, maybe probably wouldn't be as easy as I think it would be. Tommy cracked me up during this competition. I'll include some sound bites of him, but he was like introducing himself to the snakes, making friends with them, giving them names. He called one of them Rhonda at one point. Hello everybody, it's so nice to meet you. My name is Tommy, I don't see any green people. I'm terrified of snakes, so my strategy is to make them all my friends. And there's the green one. This first snake, bright green, beautiful, let's call her Rhonda. Everybody listen. I'm so sorry that I have to intrude. This is very scary. Rhonda, she's got a condo in Boca. She's got a sister right next to her. I'm gonna go get her. Um, which I thought was really, really funny and like just made me like Tommy that much more. Sam was super chill about it. He didn't really seem flustered at all about the snake factor. Holly's a safari guide, so she really shouldn't be afraid of the animals. She says she's scared, but again, she seemed pretty chill the whole time, except for there's one think the last snake fought her hard to get into that little cage which I thought was kind of funny um it did not want to go out it was kicking and screaming uh Jackson kind of manhandles them and just like throws them in the cages which I felt bad for the snakes kind of um and he is the only one who actually gets one wrong he gets the red one wrong and he has to go back and replace it with a different snake I thought it was really funny during this competition just because like they all were kind of like baby talking the snakes talking to them like they were little kids or puppies they were like oh honey sweetie i think it was holly she kept calling them sweetie sweetie or whatever there you go sweetie please tell me that's your brother and then like jack kept saying like 
yeah, buddy, yeah, yeah, buddy. Like, they kept repeating it over and over again, so I thought that was kind of funny. Shockingly, they all got really, really good times in this competition. It was super-duper close, but unfortunately, Jack did win it and does not tell anyone at this moment that he has the power. He's keeping it a secret for now. Essentially, what the chaos power is, a new veto drawing. So, it's not as powerful as Ovi's power is, but it's still useful if you're trying to backdoor somebody or if you really don't want a certain person to play in the veto competition. Basically, during the um, ceremony where they pick players for the veto competition, he, after they're chosen, can stand up and decide that they need to do a redraw. Unfortunately for him, it's not an anonymous power, so everybody will know that it's him and everybody will probably have an idea of what his motive is for using this power, but still something useful to have if you do need it in the long run. Um, and this power expires up to six people left in the house. So this is a long game power if I've ever seen one. It's, it lasts a long ass time. Then we get this like Love Island special surprise promo featuring Bailey, Swaggy, Brett, and Winston. And this is when we find out that Kat has a real obsession for Winston, which I thought was funny. Supposedly, people are saying that Kat had a boyfriend going into the house and that she is saying that she's single on the show. However, other people are saying that they broke up beforehand. Um, but people have been speculating that maybe they were not broken up when she went into the house and she's all over Jackson talking about how she loves Winston and all this stuff. So interesting to hear about some of the stuff going on in the house guest lives outside of the house. Sorry, I think I said Winston before. She doesn't have a crush on Winston. She has a crush on Brett and Brett's the one who tweeted something about her. So check out his Twitter if you want to see what he's been saying, what he's been chiming in about Kat. Essentially, that entire Love Island promotion was just to tell the house guests that the next veto winner will also get a trip um, to Fiji for two, um, which initially doesn't sound like that big of a deal. You're like, well, if somebody wants veto, they're going to gun for it anyways. But that might prov- that might entice somebody who is planning to throw the veto to actually gun for it because they want the trip. So it definitely could change the game slightly. Um, I thought it was really sad that Nicole said she she wouldn't have anyone to go with, that she'd just go alone. Nicole, girl, I will go with you. I'm sure Ovi would go with you. She has to have someone in her life she can go with. She could take, like, her mom or something. But, Nicole, if you win that trip to Fiji, please take me with you. I will gladly go. So this is when stuff gets a little bit tricky with Jackson because now he starts to express an interest in Holly. Jackson is a very shady guy. He's also very young and clearly is thinking with the wrong brain, if you know what I mean. He talks about how Kat is really getting on his nerves. Um, He says that she's like hounding him. I actually have a quote written down here where he says to Jack, I don't need a 29-year-old hounding my ass all the time. I don't need a 29-year-old hounding my ass constantly. And... It's a little bit funny because it didn't seem like Kat even thought there was a romantic relationship there between the two of them. However, Jackson thought that he was all over her. So Jackson says that he'd pick Holly over Kat any day. And Holly and Jackson are having a little moment on the hammock. And Kat sort of just like barges into it, um, which was super awkward because it seemed like they were sort of having like a little flirty moment when cat barged in i thought it was hilarious clearly jackson and holly did not think it was funny another quote from jackson the juice isn't worth the squeeze anymore another very misogynistic very douchebaggy thing to say on his part there's only so much that i can take and honestly the juice just isn't worth the squeeze anymore um basically because he's not getting 
sex out of Kat anymore. It's not worth it. And that he doesn't even want to be around her as a person, which is really sucky. So he literally, probably the worst thing that he could do, pulls Kat aside and tells her that they need to separate from themselves and that they need to not be in a showmance because it's going to put a target on their backs. He legitimately says the words, if I'm associated with you, it's a liability for my game. To be completely honest, if I'm associated with you, it is a liability for my game. Kat basically says, I'm not even into you like that for one. Um, yeah, we've had our moments, but we're not in a showmance. And if anything, you show more interest in Holly than you do in me. So if you're separating yourself from anyone, it should be her and not me. Um, so clearly, it's one of those cases of like a guy thinking that a girl is obsessed with him, the girl just thinking they're friends, and the guy taking it way too far and saying that she's clingy and crazy and all this stuff, when realistically, Kat didn't even seem that interested in Jackson to begin with. I think Jackson made a really big mistake there by saying that to her because now she's not liking him anymore. They're not talking. So um, that's going to put a target on his back in terms of Kat. Then we get an attempt at the first all-girls alliance of the season, which we know never work out very well, although this one seemed promising for about two seconds. Um, Jess, Bella, Nicole, and Kemi, I believe, all share a room together. So at one point, they're all in there at the same time, just chatting, having girl time, and Jess says that she wants to make a four-person all-girls alliance with them. Although Kemi does express in the diary room that the only person she really trusts is Bella, but she's going to go along with this four girls alliance anyways, which I appreciated. Jess throws out Jack's name, which I think was her first mistake. Um, She sort of formed this four person alliance and then went way too quickly into talking game. Um, Because she threw out Jack's name, that set off a red flag for Bella. And Bella, of course, went straight to the guys and told them about this alliance because she is the biggest snitch in Big Brother history and she's super annoying. She even says, oh my gosh, like I'm in this all girls alliance, but all girls alliances never work. Well, they don't work, Bella, if you're the one who fucks it up. She literally says, oh, this is never going to work. And then she becomes the reason that it doesn't work because she blows it up to the guys. So she goes to Jack and tells him about this alliance and she throws out the names of the girls who are a part of it. Unfortunately for Bella, Jack is not the tightest lipped person ever, and as we know, loose lips sink ships, so Jack tells Jess that he knows about the all-girls alliance and that she was the one to start it, and so that gives him a motive to put Jess up on the block. He sort of just kind of like sticks Kemi in the mix because Kemi was a part of that all-girls alliance as well, and for some reason, Jack has a nasty vendetta for her even though she's done nothing to him. I have a feeling this is going to bite Bella in the butt because... Jess, all Jess has to do is some deductive reasoning to f- to figure out who was the rat. There's only three other people it could be, and Bella clearly is the closest with the other guys. It's not going to be Nicole. The only other person it could possibly be is Kemi. However, Jack nominates both Kemi and Jess. So if it's not Kemi, and it's not Jess, and it's probably not Nicole, and Bella is close with the guys, hmm, who do we think is the rat? Well, it must be Bella. Unfortunately for Bella, I think she's making a lot of stupid decisions in this game, and if she were smart, she would probably keep a lot of this information that she somehow always ends up finding out. She's always in the room when people are talking. If she kept some of this information to herself, she might be in a better place in the game. She'd have a lot of side alliances going on. She'd have a lot of sort of mastermind knowledge of the game. However, she just brings the information that she learns to the guys right away and blows everybody up. But I have a feeling it's going to 
it's going to end up blowing her up in the long run. So that's where we stand right now. Um, I didn't appreciate the nominations that Jack chose. Um, if I had to choose who I would want to go home, probably out of those two, I would pick Jess. However, I have a strong feeling it might be Kemi that goes home this week. I really hope that's not the case, but have a feeling that's what's going to happen. However, we do know that whoever goes home becomes the third person as a part of Camp Comeback. I do want to talk about Camp Comeback a little bit because I feel like it really, really tears up the game for these people because you essentially can't backdoor anybody for the first four weeks because if you backdoor somebody, they remain in the house to blow up your entire game. It's not like they just go out the door and maybe have like two minutes while they're leaving to sort of spill the tea on your game or react or do whatever it is that they're going to do. Nope, they get to stay in the house with you and they get to talk game with everybody and not have any repercussions for it because they've already been evicted. So it makes it a little trickier for people to be backdoored or to sort of evict people without having bad blood because they're going to stay in the house and have the opportunity to torment you and shake up your game further. So it really does throw a wrench into these first four weeks. And I feel like once this twist ends, the house guests will probably breathe a nice sigh of relief that um, this twist is over. But for now, I'm loving it. I'm excited to see who ends up back in the house. Again, right now, my hope is it's David, but we will see in due time. Right now, if I had to say who I think is in the best place, honestly, I would probably say Tommy or possibly Nicole. Um, Tommy, just because he's been sort of under the radar, he is in with the larger alliance, he has a bond with Christy, but he also has a bond with the people on the other side of the house. Um, there was a fun little feeds moment where he was teaching a dance class. I think he was teaching like Cliff, Holly, Jess, Annalise, and somebody else. Um, he was teaching them like a little choreography and it seemed like they enjoyed his company. Um, he sort of has friendships with everybody in the house. He's not on anybody's radar. He's not a threat to anyone. So right now, Tommy is sitting pretty. I think he's in the best spot at the moment. And when numbers start to get tough for like the Nicoles and the Sams and the Jesses on that side of the house, they'll probably want to recruit Tommy. So he's in good place right now. And I also say Nicole because she has some strong friendships in the house, but she isn't, um, again, isn't on anyone else's radar at the moment. There are a lot of bigger fish to fry. I think that actually having her not be a part of this larger alliance is probably going to be better for her in the long run because I can see it imploding very soon, which I hope happens. So I'm going to end this podcast episode with a very important question for you listeners, and I would love it if you would tweet me the answer. Um, you can tweet me at it's me Bree Lee and use the hashtag oh brother podcast. This is a very, very important question, so I want you to listen very carefully, okay? Are you ready? Are you bitches conspiring against me? Thanks for listening. That's all I've got this week, and I hope you join me next week to talk all things Big Brother. Thanks for listening. Talk to you later. Bye.